Welcome back to another edition of the Perb Light Podcast. This is the fifth episode of Perb Take, where we do a weekly review of all the biggest news in sports. This is Jamie White joined with Adam Goldsboro and Tyler Zeman. And today we'll be talking about Sidney Crosby's historic game on Saturday, the NBA trade deadline, UFC 234, and some updates on Emiliano Sala. So to start, Jamin is going to be talking about Sidney Crosby's historic night on Saturday against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Right. So currently, the Penguins are kind of in like a reloading phase. They haven't had a lot of young talent to really propel them into championship contenders. They're still good, but they're not great. So they're they're in a little bit of a lull right now. But uh, Saturday against the Tampa Bay Lightning, Sidney Crosby uh, surpassed the all-time great Mario Lemieux in games played as a Pittsburgh Penguin with 916. And it's just significant to see, uh, you know, Mario, we all know his story, uh, one of the greatest hockey players to ever play the game, came to Pittsburgh at a time where they were not very good and no one really cared about hockey in, in the city, turns him into champions, goes through his uh, phase where he has to deal with Hodgkin's lymphoma and battle back from cancer. And it's just a great story for a great player. And all the connections that he's had with Crosby over the years. You know, Crosby, like, literally lived at his house for, like, the first three years he was in Pittsburgh, something uh, uh, outlandish like that. Um, they both battled uh, injuries in their past, but they both ended up being great players that uh, people in Pittsburgh have come to love. So it was really cool to see. Um, uh, you know, Lemieux holds pretty much every major record for the Penguins, along with some that are held by Yarmir Yager. But it's just cool to see the connection uh, Crosby um, sort of elevate himself in that kind of in that kind of game kind of performance and not let the emotion of the night get to him too much. All right, so next we're going to head over to Adam, who has some interesting takes on the NBA trade deadline from last Thursday. All right, so for the NBA trade deadline, it's more about the story of what didn't happen than what did happen. Obviously, everyone was either looking forward to Anthony Davis getting traded to the Lakers or they were hoping it didn't happen. And it actually didn't happen, surprisingly, but... LeBron I, didn't talk enough, I guess. He didn't, he didn't really no, get No, LeBron and all the tampering didn't do anything. No. But, you know, he, since he didn't get traded, the Pelicans are apparently still going to play him, even though I, I think it would be better at least to just let him sit out the rest of the season. And then other than that, trades, Tobias Harris, it's a game winner, then gets traded at 2 a.m. in the morning to the Philadelphia 76ers. The Sixers seem like they're trying with this move to compete a lot more in the East. They've been kind of disappointing this year. But, you know, another team that made a move is the Bucks. They acquired Nikola Miritich. I don't know if he'll start for them. He'll probably be like a six-man. He could potentially start the pain on injuries or or how he plays with Giannis, but he should be able to be a nice floor spacer for them. Maybe average close to 17 points a game, maybe more. And, like, the biggest thing at this point for the Bucks, it's like the – it's almost like the Cavs from last year where it's LeBron and others. Yeah. It's been, you know, Giannis, uh, the Greek yeah. freak, and others. So them adding depth was probably um, something the Cavs failed to do. They just sort of got whoever they could – to make LeBron look better, but I think this is going to end up being uh, what makes the team look better for the Bucks. Yeah, but I would honestly think that Giannis's supporting cast is way better than LeBron's. 
I mean, Malcolm Brogdon, who people don't know this, but he was a rookie of the year. You know, he's young, and he's ex- an extremely good point guard. He has good size, has a great defender, and is very good distributing the balls and, and is working on his three-point shot. Chris Middleton, Middleton, I believe he... I forget if this is his second or first All-Star appearance this year. I believe this is his first. Yeah, it is his first because last year he got snubbed. And then other than that, you know, he's got Brooke Lopez who's playing out of his mind this season. You can see all the highlights of him hitting threes, doing all that stuff that Brooke Lopez was really never known for. But, hey, with Mike Mike Budenholzer's system, that team kind of works very well. But... In terms of other trades, obviously the Dallas Mavericks acquired Kristaps Porzingis from the Knicks. And a lot of people bash on the Knicks for making this move, but frankly, Kristaps Porzingis wasn't going to resign with them. Just based on reports, he didn't even go to his exit meeting. He he didn't do plenty of things. He could have, you know, he wasn't that enthusiastic about what the team was going for in the future. Right. And he, and he did request a trade. But the, the important thing to realize, the Knicks have failed to build a team around him. You know, he hasn't had you know, any playoff experience. There hasn't been any real other star next to him. Um, Besides Carmelo Anthony. Right. And, he, and he was on the tail end of his career yeah, in New York went, anyway. Yeah. But... Dallas is making all the right moves to be maybe maybe not this year might be a little late but the next couple of years you know they got some uh uh some uh key players in place to maybe make a definitely make a playoff run maybe make a championship run in a couple of years we'll see it's very interesting yeah, the the yeah. western conference is going to look very uh like at least the playoff picture it's going to be very uh very chaotic at the end of the season oh yeah i would love to see if denver has that number 1 seed Denver is probably not going to acquire the number one seed. I think the Warriors are still going to have it. But surprisingly, the most bi- the biggest surprise of this NBA season, other than the Denver Nuggets, is probably the Sacramento Kings. I mean, they're tied for the eighth seed with the Lakers right now. Right. And they don't, have, the Kings, they don't have a that's LeBron amazing. James. Yeah. The, yeah. And I they mean, did acquire Harrison Barnes over the trade deadline. And Harrison Barnes, people forget just how good he was in Golden State before obviously he was traded to Dallas but you know he he does he can be an efficient scorer he can be a really good defender he has good size he has good strength but I think he's going to be a good piece for them and I he'll, he'll probably start so he he should be more effective than he was in Dallas because he won't be asked to be that big of a playmaker they have De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley Jr to really handle all the playmaking. He can just play good defense, hit threes, and drive to the rim on switches and stuff like that. But that mainly for the trade deadline, that's about it. Nothing really major else happened during the trade line. Mark Fultz. Oh, yes, Fultz that's true. is finally out of Philly. A he former, is out of Philly. Former number one overall pick has been dealt you go to the. He went to the Orlando Magic. That's right. Yeah. Who yeah. need a guard? But I don't know if that was the right. Marco Holt is going to be a long term project, no matter where he goes. He I'm rooting for the guy. I mean, I don't think I know he's been dealing with some stuff in his personal life, but I'm just hoping he he can heal whatever injury he has, whether that's mental or physical, and yeah. just get back out on the court because. I really believed that before the draft, he was going to be the best player in that draft easily. But 
you know, it, we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm not holding any more, any more hope, really. It could go either way at this point. He's out of Philly. That's all I care about. You know, yeah. we, we, can, we can move on from that. He didn't really have a future there after, like, the team pretty much said what they wanted and what he wanted. It wasn't the same. Like, the moves that they made during the, the trading period just obviously showed uh, Marco Fultz that he needed, to, he needed to go somewhere. And Orlando is in rebuilding, so maybe they could find a few connections down there and yeah. pair him up with Vucevic. Yeah. yeah. Be good. Turn the team around. Yeah. Him and Aaron Gordon could be a nice young duo, but we'll have to see. He has to get back out on there in the court first, and he right. has to get his jump shot at least somewhat back before anyone can start making any type of judgments on him. So I guess we'll just see how that works out for the Orlando Magic. Yeah. A lot of interesting stuff going on during the NBA trip deadline. All right, and next to talk about UFC 234, we have Jamin White. Right, resident UFC expert. And what was supposed to be an interesting matchup between uh, Whitaker and Gastelum ended up getting canceled, unfortunately, for the middleweight title belt. Uh, 24 hours before the fight, uh, you know, Whitaker calls in, calls the commissioner, Dana White, says, I can't fight, I suffered a hernia, and obviously... If he got into the ring and that would rupture, that would be much worse than a loss. Um, so kind of disappointing because that was supposed to be a great matchup uh, in the middleweight division. Um, certainly, Dana White will look on that in the future. You know, um, older older fighter, but still, what are you doing a day before the fight that would uh, cause you to get a hernia? Well, a hernia can be caused by virtually anything. They can just kind of pop up. But still, like, it, it, unexcusable. At his age, they're relatively young. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Like, I think it's just It bad sucks. Luck. It, it might have been bad luck, but he was in Australia. You know, he was in his, he was in his uh, home country. That would have been a great place to defend your title. You know, unfortunate, but uh, certainly the UFC will move on from that. They got some great fights coming up. And to uh, be put in place of that fight, up-and-coming star Israel Adesanya went up against the legend of the game, Anderson Silva, in another middleweight bout. Um, you know, Israel Adesanya has talked about, I idolize this guy, Anderson Silva, and Silva's been such a class act um, for so long in the UFC and in MMA. So this is a, uh, a cool fight to see, sort of a change into the guard, if you will. Uh, the fight went to decision after three rounds. Uh, Adesanya would win. Um, he was very gracious for the opportunity to fight someone like Anderson Silva, especially at a young age. This Adesanya guy's no joke. 16-0 and 0, uh, in professional fights, never lost a fight. So it'll be very interesting to see where he moves on from there. Maybe he'll jump ahead of Whitaker in the rankings to end up uh, going for a title fight uh, earlier on than expected. Um, and Silva, you know, we don't really know where he's at in his career right now. He said he'd love to fight uh, in Brazil, he's 34-9. He's had the longest uh, title defense in UFC history. So it'll be interesting to see uh, where he goes moving forward. But other than that, great fight. Uh, could have been in, uh, two great fights. But to see the young star take on uh, the old legend was very cool to see. All right, last but not least, we're going to go over to Zeman, who has some more updates on Emiliano Sala. If you haven't been paying attention, Emiliano Sala was an up-and-coming uh, soccer player, uh, 
playing in England, and uh, unfortunately, uh, was it last week, two weeks ago? Yeah. His plane uh, went down uh, traveling uh, back to England for a game, and you know the fans have come out and support the coach, the the team. So that was really cool to see, but Zeman has some more updates for us. Yeah, so uh, over the past week, a lot of tributes have been going out to Salah. Um, and the one biggest thing that's pretty much stirred all this is they have found his body. Last week we were talking about how they had retrieved somebody's body from the plane, uh, carnage at the bottom of the English Canal, but they didn't know quite who, who it was, uh, but the coroner did identify it as Emiliano Salah, and there has been no evidence of the pilot yet, the second person on the plane. So one of the biggest, uh, youngest like stars in the soccer uh, community, Kylan Mbappe, donated $35,000 uh, in order to continue the search to find this missing pilot. And some other things that have just been going on around this uh, last week during the one of the home games at FC Nantes, uh, his previous team... The ball was kicked out of bounds, and a moment of silence during the ninth minute was um, was underway there for Emiliano Salazzi wore the nine, number nine at FC Nantes during his time. Hey, this was a guy who was you know uh, playing in the Premier League already an honor. This guy was uh, up and coming. He was going to be a great bright star in that league, I'm sure, and uh, very sad to see. Would, uh, I'm sure it would have been a great career moving forward. And all prayers and thoughts go out to his family and anyone who knew him. This has been another edition of the Perbalite Podcast Perb Take, where we do a weekly review of all the biggest news in sports. This has been Jamin White, joined with Adam Goldsboro and Tyler Zeman, now signing off.